This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hi, I'm Sylvia Tchaikovska, Associate Director of Operational Risk at RMA. Today, I am joined by Anne-Marie Giblin. She is the founding and principal attorney of Giblin Law PLLC, which specializes in cyber and privacy law and general litigation. Anne-Marie is considered a cyber law thought leader who regularly speaks about cyber and privacy law. Anne-Marie, thank you for joining us today. In the field of your expertise, I am not sure which area, cyber or privacy, gives people more headaches. But for purposes of today's session, let's focus on cyber. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. You have probably seen various organizational structures when working with your clients. How does cyber management fit into an organizational overall strategy? Um, Well, today, um, it really should be priority number one, and it should be on the top, top, top of the list for every single organization, but most importantly for financial institutions. Cyber risk management and cyber management generally really does touch every single aspect of an organizational structure at this point, and the risk that it presents could really impact every single part of your organization. So it really should be at the top, if not the most important issue that organizations are dealing with today. Thank you. And without losing sight of various types of cyber crimes, it really seems that ransomware has suddenly become one of the biggest regulatory concerns. Why do you think that is? Yeah, ransomware has become one of the biggest regulatory concerns for two reasons. The first being that it's a very easy crime to perpetuate on financial institutions and most organizations at this time. It's being sold freely by bad actors um, on the dark web and other dark places of the internet, where it's really easy now to just purchase this as a criminal software component and attack an organization with it, especially if you find a very easy way in. So it's becoming a regular, it's a regulatory concern because one, it's, it's being happening much more frequently. And with everybody working from home, bad actors are being able to find those doors in much more easily. So it's an easy crime to perpetuate and it's very lucrative. The second reason is because of the use of cryptocurrency and essentially the testing of the AML framework or BSA framework as well. Obviously, from a financial institution's perspective, there's a lot of regulatory issues about opening clients, opening accounts, vetting clients, and having the money run through your system and checking, having all those checks go through that it's not being used for illegitimate or criminal purpose. When you bring cryptocurrency into the mix, and that is being used to fuel these ransomwares. And some of this money does get into the legitimate system, but it's not being vetted as well because at the end you have a cryptocurrency that is missing all the marks on these checks or wasn't being fully regulated before. And that's a huge problem for financial systems. It's enabling this crime. It's making it a very attractive crime and it's really concerning. There's also another issue about the privacy of accounts and money and making sure that the banks are solvent and they're not being victims of these crimes, that's also going to come back down to the general public. So it's really a a huge, huge issue right now. Um, And the regulators are definitely turning their attention to it in a much more forceful way, especially this year. The new AML update of 2020 is really almost all directed at cyber risk. And in particular, this cryptocurrency issue and having other things of value being traded for criminal enterprise. Thank you. I've seen various reports predicting that the healthcare industry should be expecting a significant increase in cyber events. From your perspective, 
what is the most important issue relating to cybersecurity management in the financial industry? Really, that the, the most important issue is that it's holistic. It used to be several years ago, especially when you and I first started talking about this, Sylvia, that cyber was a new thing. It was coming up. It was a checklist. It was something that you needed to be worried about, but you could put it off for another day. We weren't seeing the prevalence of the cybercrime really hitting all aspects of our society, but in particular, financial services industry. And the financial services industry was actually much better placed to actually fight this crime because of all of the privacy rules that they were already complying with and all of the issues that they already had to deal with. You're dealing with somebody's money, you're dealing with our economy, you're dealing with our our entire society. So you're holding the keys to the kingdom and you were already protecting it and already worrying about these issues. The cybersecurity was just a piece of that and it fit into an overall structure, but it really wasn't bled into every single part of an organization in in the management of a financial institution. Now it really needs to be. Cybersecurity, cyber issues is all over the place. It's from your person working for, at home right now. What does their Wi-Fi look like? Are they using their own device? How can they get in? Do they, are they aware of what a phishing email is? Are they aware of what a smishing text message is? Um, there's so many doors now open up to your organization, especially with work from home, that these are really concerning issues and they need to be holistically done. Cyber needs to be a piece of every single risk management function and management function in a financial institution's organization. Thank you, Anne-Marie. And there are many potential operational impacts from ransomware. If you were to choose the top two, let's say, what would they be? The first would obviously be just getting your organization back to to square one. So business continuity, you can't work if they have all your information. That is the number one issue with ransomware is that you cannot do any type of business, especially in a financial services organization. If you have customer customer money, customer transactions, payments that need to go through and you can't access any of that information and you can't do it, that is a huge problem, not only for your reputation and your functioning, but also from a standpoint of this is people's money and you're, they need access to it. We need it for our society, for our world. So number one is business continuity. That's something that needs to be addressed from day one and you should have an immediate backup or, or plan B for that if you are the victim of a ransomware. Um, number two would be the regulatory risk. And um, we're gonna be talking about that a lot more in the webinar that we're gonna be filming soon. But again, as this AML regulation just came to be We have the Treasury Department weighing in. We have OCC regging in. We have FinCEN just got a new budget and new directives. There's a lot of eyes looking at this issue in particular. And financial services really lie within the middle of it. They can not only be the victim, so they can be the victim of a ransomware, but they can also get in a lot of regulatory trouble for playing a part in the ransomware. And many times the parts they play is unknowing because you think you're having your very sophisticated AML, BSA, KYC program. And these things are slipping through the cracks. So it's really uh, a huge issue for business continuity and the regulatory concerns. Thank you. And another topic, probably something that could be a podcast on its own, but can you give us a little bit flavor and talk a little bit about the biggest challenges with the third parties and vendors? Yes. And now just to give a little history too, um, it's really important for everyone to realize that, especially with the DFS rule. So we always talk about that as the first real cyber regulation, and it was aimed at financial institutions. And it was a really big deal when it came out. And it was a really big deal going forward. And if anything, right now, it's serving to provide the backdrop to a lot of this regulation. Regulators are watching how DFS has been enacting and enforcing this rule and how companies have responded to to complying with it. So 
a lot more on DFS, but the DFS rule in particular was enacted because of third-party vendor risk. At the time, cyber was an issue. It was a checkbox. DFS wanted to see how the financial services industry was doing, and they sent out a questionnaire. How are you doing with your cyber? It turned out that organizations themselves were great. They had really great front-end cyber. They had great controls. They were doing everything they needed to be doing, but they were not vetting or checking their third-party vendors at all. And after certain breaches, you could see that a third-party vendor coming into your organization, first of all, shouldn't have access to your entire organization's data, but they were really another big gap in a cybersecurity program that wasn't being filled. Today, it's no longer uh, appropriate to ignore this risk. It's not, you cannot plead ignorance any longer, and you can't fully throw it back on a third party either, especially when you have a financial institution that has a much larger operating budget than a smaller third party vendor, probably has better insurance. You really have to vet and, and go through your third party vendors of what they are doing. Now, it starts again from that holistic view. First of all, the organization should already have a data map or data silos where the most important data is being protected better than the least important data. But that goes down to third-party vendor risk management. How are you using this vendor? What are they coming in to do? What access are you giving them? And going through that list. And then also talking to them about their cybersecurity. Who do you use? Who are your third-party vendors? Do you have cyber insurance? Do you meet this protocol? And do you do these types of things? And then assigning a risk level to that third-party vendor and only giving them access to the information that they actually need. And in sometimes you could even you know, modify that data so you know who gets what, that if they are the victim of a breach, you can know where it was coming from and plug the hole immediately as well too. There, and I agree with you, this could be something we talk about for four days actually. It's such a big issue and such a big risk. Um, but really the, the biggest challenge is making sure you vet them, that you limit the amount of data that they have, you limit the amount of access that they have, and that in any contract you have with them, you get rights to come in. And if they are the victim of a of cyber incident, you can come and see what they're doing, make sure it's none of your data compromised and that you are indemnified via that contract. Thank you. That seems like a great importance of uh, having that collaboration within the institution to kind of know all of the aspects uh, that you can be hit with the cyber. Uh, currently, you are engaged with the RMA Operational Risk Council on developing a ransomware checklist. Uh, you are also preparing materials for an RMA webinar that will focus on cyber and regulatory concerns of ransomware. What can we expect to hear during that session? Well, it's going to be a really exciting one, um, really fun to put together. Um, you're going to be hearing a lot of the stuff we've already been talking about. We're going to start talking about ransomware and how it's evolved, how easy it is right now to get, um, and how bad actors can get in. Identifying some of the new risks that we're facing with working from home, and some of them may seem common sense and some of them may be eye-openers, but kind of just putting a face on, hey, these are some new uh, portals into your system. How are you securing them? And thinking about some other ways to build that better risk into your organizational's overall cybersecurity risk structure. Um, and then we're going to talk about things to do to prepare to be the victim of a ransomware attack, making backups, making sure you have a cyber incident response plan, testing that plan, making sure your employees and your vendors and your partners and everybody that needs to know is in the know and knows what to do in the event of, of an attack or a ransomware talking about business continuity, getting yourself back to work as soon as possible while you're dealing with this incident. And then also dealing with all the regulatory concerns of notifying regulators, state attorney generals, the FBI, whoever needs to be notified at the point that you are at, that you're actually the victim of a ransomware and making sure all of those things are done. 
We're also going to talk about how ransomware is a regulatory concern, and especially for financial institutions, not only could you be the victim, but you can also be in trouble, making sure that all your compliance programs are being turned to this ransomware issue as the role that you can play in it. The last thing any financial institution wants to do is play a huge role in some type of crime that causes a lot of pain for a lot of people. And unfortunately, it's already happening. But what's happening with the regulation is that it's now saying, we know about this issue, you should know about this issue, and you need to build it into your compliance program. And we're going to spend a decent amount of time talking about the new AML update that was just recently passed, how that fits in to all of these cyber issues, and how in particular this new AML update affects ransomware when the actual financial institution is playing some role in the scheme and doesn't even realize it. So a lot, a lot to talk about. We're going to have great slides and I'm really excited. And Marie, thank you for joining us today. It was really great to hear all of your expertise on, on the cyber topic and bringing it closer to us as it definitely impacts our institution, but also our personal uh, lives. Uh, we look forward to hearing more about ransomware in the webinar on cyber and regulatory concerns scheduled for February 9. Thank you. Thank you so much.